Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer. Triple M's Real Football Show. Where Chris Dittmar, Albie Kidd and Val Migliaccio discuss the biggest issues affecting fans of the round ball. Terrific run and a super finish. The Triple M Real Football Show. Also joining us once again this week, our superstar from Chile, Jose Maria Rocas. Good morning, how are you? Good morning, I'm great, I'm very happy. Good. Sunday we broke the record. Yes, we're going to talk about that later on, but what was the crowd again? 5,159. Brilliant um, stuff. Yeah, am I right, Bill? And did they make a lot of noise? Was the atmosphere good? It was amazing. I just want to, before we start, yeah. I just want to thank everyone, everyone who came out and supported us because the vibe, because the sounds, because it was great. I just want to ask you one question. Was Albie Kid in that 5,000 people? Did you see him down there or of not? Of course not. I'm you didn't see him? I'm very disappointed. You didn't? I'm very disappointed. All right. You know? He okay. tells me so much, hey, where's the goal? But yeah. he hasn't seen a game. Yeah. Yeah. Next game, it. definitely. Oh, no, yeah. You and I going, oh, yeah. Throw it back to Dix. <laughs> what? Were you there? No, I was, bu- I was very busy. <laughs> Very, very busy. <laughs> you were you the, guys you at the same barbecue as me. But I knew, you, I knew you wouldn't score. I'm, I'm only coming. I'm only coming no, if you I'm score a goal. To be oh, here, guys. Gee. You know. <laughs> All right. This is what happened when she does score. There you go. Extraordinary. <laughs> Thank That's you. That's only but, what I understood there. But, but you know what, guys? Because you were not there, I, I just want to tell you something. That mm. people, when people, you do a play and, and it's that in that beautiful stadium, Coopers, people love it. People enjoy. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you were not there, so yeah. you couldn't have, you know, you couldn't have enjoyed much more. But I have to tell you this. Now, excellent. Great game. You know, and all my team is, we all happy. We're just waiting for the results now. Hopefully, we go to finals because we deserve it. Good. Good on you. I and wish good you luck well. moving forward. Now, what's, uh, what's your next game? No, we don't have any more, any more games. That was the last That was it? Game. That's why, yes. I thought so you were building up to finals. Uh, we made history and now we're just okay. waiting for hopefully Well, to you go might to be finals. playing finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. We yeah. have That's a chance. I mean. Yeah, yeah. We have a chance, and that's why we're waiting. Canberra plays tomorrow, so okay. we're all watching right, the game. Right, so let's make a commitment. If they get into the right, finals, you and I will be there. We're there. Yep. What uh, if they play away? Will you Done. travel? If it's oh, that's, that's a stretch. stretch. That's we'll a travel stretch. to Seaford yeah. or something like that. because you have missed the whole season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, gonna, we're about to talk to Michael Turner. Uh, Val, tell us all about him. What a, This guy, for me, is one of the most intelligent football guys behind the scenes. He's a general manager for Sports Flick. Um, he's a startup strategist who's worked with sporting groups, rights holders and broadcasters globally. And he's also the Western Sydney Wanderers ground announcer. Jeez. And we'll ask him some key questions because streaming looks like it's going to be the way to go for the A-League and W-League. And will it save the game? Not reflected by the ladder. It's uh, too deep by Leah. Well, you can hear the chant going around Parramatta Stadium as we approach the 20-minute mark. The RBB are going to end their silent protest shortly, and then this place is probably going to go off. Well, that's the rest of the gallery chanting for the RBB. 
They've become a show in their own right. Val, we've been talking for many, many weeks about the future of uh, the game, soccer, we call it, but the real football game on television in Australia. What is the future? We've got a very special guest who can hopefully shed some light on this. Yeah, and Michael's general manager for Sports Flick, and there's a startup strategist who's worked with sporting groups, rights holders, and broadcasters globally. Yep. He also works as a ground announcer of Western Sydney Wanderers, and... Uh, it's a huge question because Fox Sports deal comes to an end, the yep. A-League and W-League, on June 30th. Yep. And Michael might have some answers. Will streaming save the A-League and W-League? Michael, welcome. Thank you very much, guys, for having me. It's a long list of uh, my roles you've, you've listed there. I'm a jack-of-all-trades master of none, I think. <laughs> Michael, what's going to happen with uh, the real football game on TV in Australia? Where do you see it heading? Uh, look, I think it's it's almost a watershed moment for the game here in terms of where it's going. Um, there's been a lot of press and exposure that uh, Michael Tange and, and Danny Townsend have done in the last couple of weeks. And I think it speaks to one thing. It speaks to a shift in thinking when it comes to the TV rights still. Traditionally, we look at TV rights as a, as a, as a singular package. It, it goes exclusively to one broadcaster. We've seen that with Fox. Traditionally, you look at the AFL, NRL, typically it's one or two broadcasters in those agreements. And it's usually the largest revenue stream for these competitions. I think the A-League and the APL are looking at it a bit differently. I think they're looking at it, and some of the wording from Danny Townsend in a recent interview suggests that, that he calls it a content rights distribution uh, agreement or something to that effect. It suggests a bit of a breakup in the way that they're structuring this next deal. It could, and I'm speculating here, that it could be a split package amongst multiple broadcasters. They could be looking at digital rights uh, through streaming services separate to an FTA deal or even a pay TV cable deal. But it definitely suggests a shift away from the norm. And I think that's the way the league does need to go, the future of sport. And when you look globally, football is moving towards streaming services. There's much more benefit to the league in terms of data capture and what they could do with that data and engagement. And I think that's the way that the game needs to go. I think with the amount of players coming in, you mentioned sports, uh, you know, groups that, that are around Sports League, of course, that I'm involved with. Uh, but you've also got Stan and you know Fox have KO. But there are other players out there that are sort of hovering in the wings and looking at making a play in the Australian market. And all that, all that sort of points to a picture of serving the Australian game a little bit further. Mike, a lot of the planning that you're doing there, uh, as per what you've been speaking about there, um, does that fall in line with the timing for the Foxtel pro- possibly dropping off? Uh, I think so. I think uh, one consideration needs to be given to the fact that Foxtel's TV model, with respect to, to the overall corporation, is a dying model. Uh, the conventional pay TV service isn't, is something that isn't growing, it's waning. Um, and I think we'll, we're starting to see that effect. And when you look at the numbers, you know, Fox previously, I'm sure we've all had Fox here. We probably all still mm. do. I still have KO. Mm. But what, if they lose the A-League, I'm going to drop it. And when you look at that drop, it's not just people dropping from KO because of different sports leaving. It's people who were on the $120, $100 a month packages with Fox who switched to KO uh, because all they were watching was sports streaming. You know, if we take the numbers on face value, 300, 400,000 that they've said that they have, the chances of, of most of those people being existing Fox customers who've dropped from $100 or $120 down to $30 is immense and that's a huge drain on their revenue streams and because of that fox are going to have to make cost cuts and it's it's only natural that you know they'll hang on to their larger assets but football will get thrown to the wayside and i think that's 
part of the reason that they're looking at dropping this off. But it also shows that it's not the way to go. And these new streaming services, which are coming up, Optus Sport, Stan Sport, mm. you know, Amazon in the future, Paramount Plus, which are actively hiring in Australia at the moment. These are the, these are the future because they're built bottom up from this basis of switch on off type streaming services people can subscribe to for cheap and they can subscribe for the content that they want. Just with regards to Sports Flick, the company uh, you're the GM of, I mean, how's it working? And I've seen over the last eight weeks you've picked up a number of sports and it's a startup as well. Tell us about that. So, yes, the guys at Sports Flick are very ambitious. Uh, they brought me on in the last year to effectively bring them to the next stage of their of their business. They've largely done a lot of niche sports rights. Um, and that, you know, as with any business, they made some mistakes and they got some things right, but they wanted to get onto the main stage and sort of compete with these big guys. And they brought me on to help them strategize and put together the, much like a conventional startup, put together the operational workflow and the logistics to make that business work. But part of that was also try to set things up and also put together proposals for these larger rights deals. And for them, the strategy for them, is, as it's probably quite evident with the rights that they ha we have picked up is, is football. Um, it present, football presents a huge market opportunity. And I've had conversations with broadcasters overseas and, and TV rights groups overseas where they see the Australian football game as this uncut gem. And that's an actual phrase that mm. was used in a conversation that I had. When you look at the numbers, that stacks up. You know, there's 3 million actively engaged football fans. There's, you know, five to 800,000 uh, registered players playing the game. There's a huge market there uh, for, for the A-League and for sports broadcasters and for the sport in general to tap into. And I guess part of that is trying to engage with that. And that's a question that we ask at Sportsbook is how do we do that? And, you know, and that's the question that's asked to me by groups that I contract to overseas who want to come here. How do we engage that? And that's definitely a question that the APL is asking. And most of the broadcasters are asking, how do we get access to that? How do we tap into that base? How do we engage them for the A-League? So it's an interesting uh, sort of time because out of all the sports, and, and you look at AFL and NRL, they're exploring streaming strategies. There's that documentary the AFL have put out on Amazon, which is almost testing the waters of that, of the potential market penetration on a platform like that. But all these sports are going to be asking questions about streaming services and going to that model. And the A-League and football is one that can actually take advantage of that. And one of the core things is when you look at linear TV, the standard TV model, they just have to fill space. But on Fox mm. Sports, you have four to five channels and there's a maximum amount of fixtures you can play at one time. Because of how strong football is and how international it is and mm. how much football there is, a streaming service makes sense for football because you can have as many leagues and competitions on that single platform as you possibly can. You look at zone around the world and they've got huge amounts of rights that guys like Fox wouldn't be able to pick up because of the way the models work. So football stands to gain the most when it comes to, you know, this influx of new streaming services. And people do talk about it at the moment. There's too many, you know, but it's only going to get, I, people say worse, it's only going to get mm. better in terms of options and choice. And the greater the competition that enters this market, the better football stands to gain because obviously you have more people vying for those rights. Um, so it's, it, it is going to be interesting from that perspective. Michael, just with no money perhaps next season for, you know, for the A-League and, and W-League obviously didn't get any, um, you know, thrown over for TV rights. Clubs that are strong, and we know it's no secret, you no know, Western Sydney, MacArthur, Sydney FC, uh, Melbourne Victory, 
Melbourne City, Western United and Wellington are probably the most stable financially and there's other clubs which might struggle. If there's no money and Fox has handed over $33 million, I think, this season, what's going to happen in that, in that regard? I think this is a moment where the league, and, and I do actually believe that they're looking at this quite holistically as well. Uh, Michael Tange actually did an interview with Sports Business, which is the industry uh, media source globally. He did a thing uh, with the K-League and the J-League. It was a webinar talking about the TV rights deal. And a lot of it was the same stuff we've heard from Danny in the public press and on, on, on other shows. But one interesting thing that he mentioned was this shift away from relying on the TV broadcast money. And I think that's important. Much like any normal business, you need more than one revenue source. If not, you're beholden to that specific source. If it gets pulled away, you lose that that access and that money. Um, and I think that's where this shifting of the TV rights breakdown comes into it because you're able to leverage across more sources. And commercialising the data that they have is another thing to be sort of mentioned. And I think that, you know, while it sounds a bit funny to, to just the average fan and consumer, what it really does is it means the game can better commercialise itself to its prospective sponsors. And the more they can commercialise and show themselves as a as a good commercial prospect and good access to fans and good access to potential customers, the game's in a better position to negotiate better advertising and better sponsorship. And that's something that I think is equally as important as a TV rights deal, is finding these new avenues of revenue. Digital and streaming gives them a lot more commercial inventory to do that. Um, but the thing that people need to think about is that sports sponsorship is changing you know it's not just about westfield wanting a logo on the front of some shorts or centuria going on the front of a jersey that these days is hard to quantify from a sponsor's perspective and it mean doesn't mean much to them anymore mm. but going into the digital world being able to tap into that data that interconnectivity with other web platforms means that they're able to sell not data per se, obviously they can't do that, but they're able to better target, they're able to better quantify the investment and that makes them a better prospect for sponsors and that increases the commercialization of the game and combine that with a new TV deal from a partner that actually cares about the game and is actually gonna promote it properly, the game having better production and broadcasting means it looks better commercially, the data side of it means more commercial sponsors look at it more favorably and the game's in a better financial position as a result. Michael, uh, you're pitching to the high end there and um, with uh, the Champions League being on the agenda, that's, uh, that'll be fantastic if that comes through. Uh, definitely. Um, obviously, I can't comment directly on media <laughs> speculation uh, with deals like that, but I, I appreciate the effort to get it out of me. I was just trying to get some information through there, Michael, but I failed miserably. <laughs> But, but, I mean, look, uh, talking about those sort of TV rights deals, you know, the game, the game also needs to align itself with the right, you know, partners. You know, the game could easily go, let's create our own streaming service. And there is merit to that. There is a base that already exists. But Danny said in an interview recently that the game, there's a lot of merit in aligning with other sports because of the crossover. And there's some Jemba data that suggests that AFL fans cross over well with A-League fans in the southern states. And Danny mentioned that. And that data is available on Jemba's website. And, and that's true, you know, aligning with these fans because of it's also the affordability for them to get these platforms. You know, you don't want it to be on a separate platform they're paying separately for. I might pay for it. Val might pay for it. You guys might pay for it. Not everyone necessarily will pay just for the A-League. But being able to align with other competitions, but that also includes things like the Champions League, things like the Premier League. Where are they going to be? What platforms are they on? 
the game needs to align itself with the right partners. You know, not necessarily just from a, you know, Fox perspective or Channel Nine perspective or Amazon or whatever it might be, but aligning itself with the core competitions where there's going to be the best possible crossover. I mean, Fox having the A League and the Premier League was a huge sell, but as soon as they lost the Premier League, the numbers did drop. Yeah. Now, largely, there's also the other side that they created KO, and a lot of the numbers for KO don't get released, and the numbers are made to look as look worse than they are with the Oztam data. But there is going to be a drop off because there are a lot of people out there who you know watch leagues because it just happens to be on, or watches games casually because oh well, I'm already paying for it, I've got it there, I'll watch it. So being able to align with that, which can bring in potentially the casual viewer or the casual person with interest. And potentially convert new fans as well. I think is equally as important. Michael, very comprehensive, mate. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, good luck moving forward. No problem. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> Michael Carter, there. The uh, sorry, Michael Carter. What am I talking about? <laughs> Michael Turner. Turner. Michael Turner. Michael Carter, an identity in South Australian football. Michael Turner, there, the managing director, the general manager of Sportsflick. Val, my only concern with mm. all of this is whilst the future is all about uh, Amazon and Stan and the like, right now I get the feeling that our great game of soccer would get lost on some of those. And I'm, I'm concerned that as soon as the, um, cha- the uh, EPL went to Optus, none of us are seeing it. And I think that is the danger moving forward. And I think, as Michael pointed out, the, our game locally, I think, needs to be aligned with great TV coverage like the yeah. EPL. It, they work off each other pretty well. I agree, um, and it's all it's all about perception as well. And and Mike was absolutely right. Once Fox lost the EPL, they also lost a massive amount of uh, A League yep. and W League viewers. And it's, and it's, it's lost on Optus. I'm sorry, but it is. I, I've got it, but and I and the thing is too, you can watch whatever you like. And and this morning I was watching uh, UEFA World Cup qualifiers, which which is another good thing. So, but I'm a soccer nut. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a casual. Yeah. Football fan, and there's also talk about the FA introducing this is Football Australia introducing an over-the-top media service direct to viewers via the internet, and that means that they're trying to actually perhaps broadcast some of the content themselves, and they're doing it now with NPL TV. So South Australia's just joined NPL TV, and you can get two thousand odd matches. Um, I'm not sure in, in the time frame, and it's another thing which is great where you can watch. Any MPL match now mm-hmm. across the nation, but then I'm thinking, you look at the amount of people that go to watch an MPL match, mm. and it it doesn't make sense other than the only reason why they're doing this is because maybe there's there's a betting thing happening behind it, mm. and I don't know what you think. I mean, um, look, I I think the A League still is in its infancy of um, what do I call it? Uh, broad audience in Australia. Yeah. We need to be working off the back of EPL. And Michael just pointed it out. When Fox had both EPL and A-League, I thought it worked beautifully and we were able to watch the best and the local stuff at the same time. Um, I think the A-League on its own really is, well, it's floundering, isn't it, as as a television product. I'm sorry, but it is. Well, I've got it as well, and I I like watching it because I'm in soccer as well, obviously, but um, it's good waking up every morning and seeing the the goals overnight and the games coming up. It's, It's a good coverage, but... I take the point about Foxtel being um, 
taking taking on the A League and, and stuff like that. And, and that was an enjoyable situation was when it was a line ditch, you're right, with the EPL. Yep. You know, Friday night for me was a, a special night to watch an A League league match and yep. we, we were doing a show on Saturday morning at that time. That's in great coverage. Uh, you you've got the, the Aussie guys like Cosy doing, you know, the, the, the coverage and that was it was close to home and, 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 and a fantastic coverage. I think I think we've lost that. If completely. they can get the timing right, if if in the perfect world, Foxtel and, and uh Cote will be interested in your views on this. Imagine you're sitting home at 7pm and you watch uh, Adelaide United versus Melbourne Victory followed by 9pm Man U playing Leeds or Chelsea or whatever. Yeah, fantastic. Great night of entertainment, great night on the couch and I think they work off each other. You must have seen this around the world surely. Yeah, no, of course. I think that's great but um, what I was thinking is, you know, um, at the moment what's happening with the um, TV rights and there's something going on also with the AFL mm-hmm. in game so it's always clutched as well with football um, games. Yep. So I think they need to find a way where also people can, if you subscribe to something, uh, people can watch both at the same time. But I guess the schedule is not helping either. So, because you said, like, I, I would like to just go home and watch, you know, some football mm. on TV. Yeah. But it's not usually... It and let's not forget happen. the main thing, guys. The television rights, the clubs are relying on that heavily. Yeah. Our game's relying on that unbelievably. Yep. Yep. If that fails, yep. we're in dire straits. Yep. They've got to find money elsewhere, and they should They should have started. I mean, like I mentioned, there's established clubs that won't rely on that 2.1 million, whatever it is today, 1.7. There's other clubs, and you know, one, one concern here is in Adelaide, that's a big chunk of their revenue, that 1.7. You, you cut that out of the picture, where are they going to find that money? And, and that means survival. Harrison Bamford! Third time this evening that Leeds United have had the ball at the back of the net. Three times in 30 minutes. Surely this one's going to count. All right, uh, Premier League this week. Albie, how did you see the matches over there in the UK? Yeah, just the recent games to be to mention uh, uh, that were outstanding there was uh, West Ham uh, drawing against Arsenal 3 3. Massive game. Um, and the other one there that took the eye was um, Brighton thumping Newcastle and they've, they've put Newcastle into the, the relegation battle there. Steve Bruce, um, the manager there, just an unbelievable amount of injuries at the same time and he's struggling big time. The uh, the game's coming up, Dits, uh, after the the national weekend, as we know. Um, national game's on this weekend and last night and whatnot. Just on that, the Turkey game, uh, playing Holland 4-2. Unbelievable. What a result for Turkey. <laughs> that is massive. It's a massive result. And I was watching this morning uh, Portugal and Azerbaijan. It was a bizarre goal. But I was reading last night, Belgium, obviously, that they've won. And R- Lukaku scored for Belgium 3-1 over Wales. I was reading last night that when he got himself into Italy, and this is so, so bizarre, that the Italian Inter Milan nutritionist... <laughs> Had a look at the guy because the guy's an absolute. He's a unit. Be- he's a, he's a beast. Unit. Yeah, he was eating pizzas with pineapple on them, mm. and and pasta with carbonara. So that's like the creamy sauce. He's eliminated this sort of food out of his diet. He hardly eats pasta, and look at him now. But I'm just thinking, Cote, how important is diet? And Lukaku was a great player before yeah. his diet changed, and look at him now. And he says he's got energy to burn. Do you have pineapple on your pizza? <laughs> I mean, no. For me, it's a disgrace. 
Yeah, well, that's Hawaiian pizza, but yeah, no, uh, that's not my favorite. But yeah, it's really important, and I don't think players realize this day how uh, you can lift your game by just eating the right food. Uh, what are the other games you're looking forward to as far as the European World Cup uh, qualifiers are concerned, Val? Well, there was a few games played this morning, and the the big shock for me was Slovenia beating Croatia. They're obviously yeah. their arch rivals. Uh, Finland and, and, and Bosnia and Herzegovina drawing 2-2. But France held by the Ukraine at home. And the funny thing today about the Portugal game, it was played at Juventus Stadium, so Cristiano Ronaldo didn't have to travel. And that was, uh, <laughs> that was uh, a 1-0 win for them. But there's some big matches coming up. Um, obviously, uh, Scotland tomorrow morning, they're on against Austria. Yep. And how long since they've been in the World Cup? Albie? Uh, a few years. 1998. <laughs> Was it 1998? Um, you can't even remember that. I think that it's point. before that, actually. But, well, um, I think it was 98. Was it 98? I reckon that was their last oh, appearance. I'm embarrassed to say that. No, I'm just embarrassed about Scotland. But no, no. The Italians uh, take on Northern Ireland tomorrow and Spain take on Greece. And the good thing about the, the Greek side, there's an Australian presence there. Michael Valkanis is the assistant coach. And, uh, oh, yeah. Johnny Van Skibb. Is, is the head coach, and let's hope that they maintain a respectable scoreline in Spain by the looks of it. Despite the EPL games coming up on the 3rd, 4th, 5th of April, um, you've got Chelsea playing your uh, West Brom. Yep. I reckon that'll we'll be... Chelsea. Yep. Yeah, that, yep, I think West Brom will win that. Um, <laughs> not. Not. Beautiful. Uh, other game there is a big game, Arsenal versus Liverpool, which is uh, going to be a cracker. But yep. a massive game at, in the weekend after the, the national games is um, for sure Leicester playing against Man- Manchester City. Now, I honestly think if Leicester gets beat from Man City, I reckon Man City has sealed it the championship there. He's if, they, the if, yeah. if they actually no, but if they actually Genius. get beat from Man uh, from Leicester, mm-hmm. it just opens everything up there, and I think Man United might sneak up on I'll them and, and hopefully win the championship, right. steal it from them. Right. You're a Manchester United fan. I am, probably because Alex Ferguson. Hey, who else do you support? Celtic. Anybody here? Yeah, Adelaide United. Cortez and Adelaide uh, United ladies. And Olympic. He's a big Olympic man. Olympic. Oh, well, yeah, Olympics. So. I used to yeah. W League, Adelaide United mm-hmm. women's. Yes. Yep. Mm. Good call. All right, uh, let's move on to the big topics of the week, Val. What's eating the, the away at you this week? Well, not eating away. This is a good story because we have the legend right here in the studio, Adelaide yep. United breaking a uh, an attendance record for a standalone women's game, 5,159. It should have been 64 if I brought my family, but we were doing one, <laughs> unfortunately. Yes. And, nah, and she got into, me. Got, got into me before the show. Mm. Listen, the more time we spend with Corey, right, the, Corey. the more we get about of, his, of her character and whatnot. Now, she said last week she was going to score a goal. She says to me, yeah. having a coffee there, yeah. that's it's yeah. not about Yeah, I did score a goal, but it was chalked offside. Well, you've not well, scored the goal. Well, you haven't scored then. You haven't scored. I have. Yeah. No, no, no. It was not allowed. <laughs> that's not a goal. Does it say on the score sheet that you scored? No, look, I think it's important we won. And that's, you know, what you Seriously, do. yeah, it was a serious result for you. Well done. No, and uh, you've got, you're in the finals, huh? But no, let, not yet. Not yet? Not no. yet. Not yet. No, that's a different thing because tomorrow Canberra plays against Sydney. We have to wait for that result and then maybe So it's dependent upon that, week. yeah? Yeah, we, we're just waiting for them. Hopefully, you know, Canberra lose and then next week. Yep. Good. But just about this record. Australian record, which is great. And we've seen Atletico Madrid and um, we had one of our own 
Alex Chidiak involved in that game where they had a 60,000 crowd. This is two years ago when COVID wasn't floating around. Juventus broke a record holding Fiorentina at Juventus Stadium. 39,000 women turned up for, yep. for the league. Yeah, I remember that. There was a record in the US, I think it was 20-odd thousand, and now we've got a record in Australia. And just goes to prove what marketing can do to actually bring the crowd. And what was it like playing um, in front of so many fans? Look, I just want to say first that um, uh, that day is, you know, it's a day to remember because what you said, Belv, uh, is such an important day for women's in sports, especially, you know, soccer, football. And to be able to break that record um, in Adelaide, and it shows, it shows that women, people want to go and watch women's game. They want to go and, and, you know, many people have not been once in a game and they loved it. The feedbacks that we were getting were all about like, wow, you guys are really good. It's fast. It's beautiful, you know, and they fell in love with the game. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm getting to that point. Like, hey, let's do, you know, maybe a better marketing because out there, People want to watch women's. We are in a different, you know, like um, stage. It's, it's 2021. And, and again, for me, I'm very proud um, uh, with Adelaide. I'm very proud of Adelaide United, my teammates. Um, and all people, I just want to say thank you. Um, all of, you know, Adelaide United fans, families, and people who came out to watch our game because it was amazing, the vibes. Um, you know, people were dancing and singing and it was incredible. That's uh, all, all to you. Uh, you know, mm. Stephen Marshall is announced that they're going to spend a few dollars yep. at Hindmarsh, 52 yep. million or whatnot. Do you think that's driven by the Ladies' World Cup here? Got no doubt about that. So uh, on Triple M Breakfast Programme in Adelaide, we asked the Premier Stephen Marshall about uh, the $700 million indoor stadium to be built down by the River Torrens. Yep. No soccer involved, no football involved. And his response was, yeah, but we're spending $50 million down at Cooper's, down at Highmarsh. Yep. Look, I think that's a positive, Albie. I, I'm one that still believes Highmarsh is a very, very good stadium, uh, but it needs tweaking, it needs modification, and if we can get that happening, uh, then it will be great for the Women's World Cup. Probably, Val, you would think a brand-new stadium would be nice uh, anyway. in the city somewhere, but uh, look... I think at least they are spending some money and they're going to try and update it and upgrade think, it. That's a yeah, start. And you know what? I heard so much from people that it makes a huge difference for fans to go to Cooper's. Like when they go out there to Martin, mm. it's, I mean, they're still supporting a thousand people. We got last time a thousand people. And then now at Cooper's, people are like, it's so much better to watch it yeah. from the stadium. Even from, from us. Val, but it's, a good stadium. it's a good stadium. I don't disagree. But the, the discussion is, I think right now, have has the state done enough to win the rights to the FIFA World Cup in 2023 for women? We're on a knife edge at the moment. Hmm. And it's because we've been dragging our feet with the venue. We've got everything else right. International airport, training facilities. We live in a first world country. It's easy to get around. Transport's not an issue. We've, it, spent money, and spent money on clubs. There are some nice... Artificial pitches around Adelaide right now in South Australia. So, uh, you know, they, they have spent money on the game at club level. But not the key thing that FIFA were looking for. And that, and that yep. was the stadium. Fair enough. And, and Tasmania, and this is no disrespect to Tassie, they're in the box seat at the moment. Yeah. Or they were yeah. a few months ago yeah. ahead of us. We've got to do a lot of lobbying now to win those games. If we miss out, look at who's the strongest voice here in the state with regards to these announcements? 
from for soccer federation. Federation. I haven't heard a peep. Well, I, that might be a bit unfair. I'm sure there's stuff going on behind behind the scenes. I'm sure there are meetings taking place. How did they end up with the fifty million at Highmarsh, for example? They must have lobbied and they must have done something to get that. Surely, you would hope so. Well, you would. You would hope so. Yeah. Well, but, I would I mean, suggest I'm not sitting on their hands there. Obviously, we should get get Michael Carter on or yep. Sam Chicarello and um, and flush it I out. I want to get Sam on. I want to get Sam on. He's the he's the president, and obviously they're the guys who would point people beneath them. I want to get Sam on and speak to him about it. All right, we'll do that. Moving on, Adelaide United. Uh, Tommy Urich. What's the story there? Yeah, it's it's such a strange one um, because he's now going to miss more weeks. We we saw that yesterday. Stefan Mork said it. Carl Viet comes out last week and says he's no he hasn't got an injury, mm. but his body isn't right. Mm-hmm. I can't work that one out. Mm-hmm. So if you've got well, no it, might, it could be general fitness. Could it be his his, uh, his engine's not good enough at the moment. Needs to work on that. It's, That's what I read into bizarre. it. All right. It's bizarre. What do you um, what do you think, Abby? What sort well, of language I, I, is that? Well, what you're referring to, you're, uh, I think you're referring to soft tissue or whatever. Is that what you're? No, well, that's, to been a, that's been a problem this season, right? And you know okay. it, that goes without saying because Mo mm. Mo, yep. Mo uh, Toure now Mohammed Toure is out for a few weeks with soft tissue. Yeah, yeah. But coming back to Europe, you know, it's to me, um, he's the business. He's he's doing well for Adelaide, and Adelaide are travelling well, really well just now. But Europe, let's look at his, his track history. He always seemed to have an injury or or get a run of two or three games, and then. He's a bit injury prone, you know. And the other one that was that he comes into line, you could re- relate to this. Uh, Valor was Paul Agostino yeah. uh, going back there. Now, Paul Agostino was a great player, similar to Juric, very left footed and, and left sided and whatnot. But Ago was a bit like that as well. Yeah, he you know? came at the wrong end of the career, and, and he was he came into Adelaide off the back of a really bad broken foot. Yeah, and yeah. he never really recovered from it, so we didn't see the best out of him. But with uh, Tommy Urich, yeah, it's, it's it really is strange because he was going to be their headlining striker and, and he scored four goals, three and then the hat trick against the Central Coast Mariners. Yeah. And not yep. to have him. But, hey, in saying that, they've won five on the bounce. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's quite but incredible. That's Cote Goodwin. Made a massive difference. Yeah, he has. He's changed that side, really. Good player. Yeah. At this level, very, very good player. And he'll score goals for fun. All the time. Also, there's back to you, Cote. W League season is way, way too short. Twelve games. It's not a four home and away fixture. Um, there's been a lot of talk again coming out, and obviously a lot of this talk will be centered, focused around finances and how to keep the side going. Yeah. And because mm. your season will be winding up very soon, and then you'll be playing. What, back for Salisbury Inter? For example, yeah, for example, um, I was just talking to my manager just yesterday and then, you know, he's in Europe at the moment. We were just talking about this issue because it made it really hard for players. Um, for example, if I wanted to go overseas at the moment, I have to leave Adelaide United, you know. Mm. For example, has two Brisbane players, they already left to Sweden, Dylan. Also, she left because, you know, it clashed and they, and they have to move forward. Again, Yes, it's too short. And he was saying, you know, how can we, you know, um, players don't want to go over there because that, because it's too short and just three month contract. But it is something that I think they are looking to change that. Uh, they wanted to extend it. And I think it's, it will grow the game. It will make it more professional and it will attract more international players. I think it's really important for Australia because Australia is a great market. 
Mm-hmm. They want they want Australian players overseas. They mm-hmm. want they looking at this country. The problem now, and that's why I think it's it's important to also broadcast the games overseas and also to extend the league so international players come here and we extend the market, football market for women's overseas. On the ladies' uh, game as well, guys, uh, Sam Kerr again scoring in the Champions League. She's a superstar, isn't she? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really a real shame well. that she's not in the league right now. And this morning, uh, FA announced that the Matildas are facing the world champion Germany yeah. on April yeah. 11th in Germany. Yeah. So that's I, a good build-up. And, and But look, I think it's good for Matildas as well because players need to improve, players need to get better and be challenged. I think they have to go overseas at the moment because it's too short. All right, you've been listening to The Real Football Show. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll do it all again next week and talk about the world's number one game. Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer.